Welcome to It's Complicated, the Couple's Guide podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Talia. We're both licensed marriage and family therapists, and today, like every day, (laughs) we're debunking myths and delivering truth about dating, relationships, and everything in between. Trust us. It's awesome. Episode 41 of It's Complicated. We are back. <laughs> we are better than ever. Yeah, but you know what? Um, I don't really feel like putting any thought into this episode. It'll probably just happen naturally. It'll be fine. Just Let's just go with it. See, see what comes out. That is just so great. I... I love it. You love it. What I've ever this is what I've always wanted is to have a partner yeah. who just thinks it'll like work itself out. Be magical. Whatever. Fact, I'm just gonna sit here and do nothing. Literally that is my nothing. favorite. Yes, perfect. This yeah. is gonna really never build resentment. So this never is never ever. <laughs> yeah. So we had a very fun uh, listener question come in, and uh, this listener is asking. What should we do if I want to work on our issues? And he just says it will happen naturally. Uh, and uh, we the a masculine bit energy. <laughs> oh, the masculine energy. So before we dive into it, I think there are actually um, two important themes in this question. I'm curious where you go with this, Talia. Mm-hmm. But here, I think there's, first of all, the um, relational dynamic of someone in the partnership he in this case things mm-hmm. will just happen naturally there's something about that that I, I think is is of course a, a hard part to look at in a relationship yep and then I think on a larger uh, thing that I'd like to get to also is a very common experience that I that I have with potential new clients where one partner really wants to do couples therapy and a, mm-hmm. and the other person doesn't want to or isn't quite ready for whatever reason and that's about hey can we do some work or can there be some improvement mm-hmm. and growth positively if one person wants to do couples work and another person doesn't? So true. it might sound similar, but I think those are two different issues to, to jump into. Yeah. I took it as this person. <laughs> I took it as a non-couples therapist when I first heard yeah. it. And this girl was like, yeah. we should work on this stuff. And he's like, no, babe, it'll just work itself out. So I'm taking it from the more oh. like r- not realistic meaning that the other ones aren't realistic, but the realistic approach of like the typical dude who's yeah. like, I don't care. I don't want to work on it. It'll just yeah. fix itself, which yeah. we talk about in other episodes. Yeah. Men are the fixers. So if mm-hmm. she came to him again, I don't know this couple, but she came to him and I'm assuming it's heterosexual in mm-hmm. nature of the relationship with an issue. Oh, it'll just work itself out. There's two ways I take that. It's mm-hmm. he genuinely trusts that just with time and mm-hmm. connection and communication, it will resolve. Mm-hmm. Or it's just one of those like, eh, I don't really want to put in the effort, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. like it'll just figure itself out. And she's like, no, but this is a serious problem. So yeah. we don't really know. But yeah. I, I think those two angles also is probably what you'll hear come out of me yeah. today. Well, <laughs> is, let's look, Yeah. Let's look at both of those angles. Cause mm-hmm. that's starting with that first issue where he just mm-hmm. says it will happen naturally. So first of all, in the question embedded, there's the context. Let's go with the assumption there are issues, right? Sure. Maybe not something super serious, but there's stuff coming up that she, assuming it's a she, wants to work on. And he's like, whatever. Yeah. What should we do if I want to work on our issues? So there's something going on issue-wise. And then as you said, there we can kind of go into two camps. There's the genuineness of 
of this man trusting the process trusting the process it's okay in essence his experience and perspective has been it'll work itself out we really don't need to like overthink stress it'll work out naturally let's not right right and then there's the other context you're describing of someone who is skirting the blame really just like hardcore avoiding anything it doesn't matter and in a sense doesn't care exactly investment in you nailed it yep yeah so how would you answer that question given each context um first with with the man in this case what should we do if he says it'll just work itself out naturally and it's genuine trust yeah genuinely has trust about that Mm -hmm. so how would you approach that situation i i'll give a like professionally and then personally if this were me kind of a thing i'd say professionally how i would approach that if this were a couple coming in or an individual you know again assuming it's a woman coming in being like hey you know my partner and this and that and i brought it up to him and what do i do you know that kind of a thing i would gauge and ask more hey is this genuine we've figured out that it is in this Mm -hmm. fictional example and then i would ask the person i was working with to give it a little bit of time and Mm -hmm. note what the issues are Mm -hmm. is there a pattern how often are they really coming up would they be relationship ending? Are they deal breakers? I would do a little bit more explorative work on what said issues are. Um, and if they didn't get resolved, is this still the relationship they'd want to be in? Um, that would kind of be how I would take that approach professionally. And then if this were me in a relationship and I were here, not being a therapist, if it were me as a girl in a relationship, hearing that from a dude, I am too jaded (laughs) to think of it as a genuine thing. I'm not saying that it's never genuine, but I would be too jaded to be like, we'll just work it out. I'd be like, then we're done with this relationship. Like if you're not willing to put in, and I'm very clear about that, even from the beginning, like first date, like if you're not willing to go to therapy, you don't have a positive view of it. We will not date period. Because that's a direct affront to my career. First of all, second of all, things happen. And I'm going to need you to be willing to work on yourself. Just like I would be willing if, it became apparent, you know, that I would need to. And so I would approach it personally and explain how important it was to me to feel safe, to feel heard, to feel recognized in the relationship that we work on the issues. And I'd ask my partner to at least try, at least to hear me out and let me talk about what I see the issues are. Mm -hmm. Cause that this question kind of seems like the person, the guy again, may know what's Mm -hmm. going on, but it's just like, eh, whatever, it'll work itself out. Mm -hmm. So I'd want to understand from his perspective, Mm -hmm. paint a picture for me, what that looks like. Like Mm -hmm. what is it working itself out look like to you? So we can maybe be on the same page and then I can make the decision. Okay. I can, I can wait it out or no, this is not going to work for me. Yeah. Um, I'm on board with this idea of, well, let's flush it out, mm-hmm. which I, I want to honor is kind of working on the issue. So that could already cause this dude to be a little, um, <laughs> uh, wait a second. I said, let's not do this. That's and not an option. That's not an option. <laughs> that's how I frame it. I'm like, yeah. so quick thing. You can't say no. We're going to talk about this. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> Well, I want to kind of get into in this, in this, the first scenario of this genuineness of yeah. this man who really is like, no, like this will work itself out naturally. And part of that could be the idea that we are safe. We can trust each other. Let's not ruffle feathers. Right. Well, that what can be difficult is the feathers are already ruffled if one partner is feeling there's issues and wants to work on them. Yeah. 
Now, as couples therapists, I think we have to own a bias that inherently we believe working on issues is beneficial. It's our careers. <laughs> we do I can't this not. All the it's, time. it's sick to not do it. I'm like, you're yeah. just sitting there knowing you both have a problem and you're not. Yeah. yeah. So I do think we're going to come from this perspective with actionable items. How I deal with that with either in my personal life or in the office when someone, you know, in this case, this man is going, no, this will happen. We don't need to make a big deal. This mm -hmm. is too much. I start looking and being curious about that strategy and why is that useful? From my EFT lens, the type of therapy I do, we use the term pursuers and withdrawers. Yeah. And withdrawers, we like to talk about with people who don't, you know, or they do shut down. They may not talk about things as much. When there's conflict or distress, the idea is let's, let's withdraw and not address the conflict directly. Let's just let mm -hmm. it go. Mm -hmm. What I love about the EFT model that taught me is withdrawing is actually a very successful strategy in increasing connection in a relationship because it that makes might, the person chase you no not 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 for that although that's what the cycle can turn into where yeah. it's a pursuers are chasing and running away cycle okay if you if you don't have a pursuer or someone let's put let's just focus on the withdrawer someone who is withdrawing they withdraw because conflict distress is so overwhelming to them and so uncomfortable mm. that that really feels very alone and scary. Being so, in conflict? Being in conflict or being in emotional distress. Feels alone and scary. Alone and scary. So, so withdrawing is a protective mechanism? Withdrawing is a way to increase connection. If I, if we don't have conflict, if we don't fight, if we're not in distress, uh, I can stay Then we can stay connected. Yeah. And I'm not afraid about, of you. I'm not afraid, I exactly. Get... It's exactly like, think about it in the room. If we're yeah. in the same room together, conflict or emotional stress happens. If I'm a withdrawer, which by the way, I am, I hate conflict um, in my personal life. And so oh, we would me, never be able to date. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not before I was in therapy. We couldn't like, years true, ago. True. I, would, I would literally have done what I do. And now I don't do it because I know better, but your brain's like, don't, do don't it. run away. <laughs> don't run away. But that's the point. If we were in the same room together and, you know, uh, my partner comes to me, wants to deal with an issue. And to me, that's like, whoa, 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 conflict. We're not perfect. Uh, I feel shame about who I am or what I'm doing, whatever. I'm mm -hmm. in distress. My strategy is literally to leave the room. I'm going to withdraw because if I stay there, that conflict is going to be so painful. I'm going to feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not with my partner anymore. I'm going to feel so alone. Mm -hmm. Even if I leave the room and am physically alone, that brings the distress in the relationship down enough to where I can feel emotionally still with my partner. Mm -hmm. And therefore it reduces the stress in the system so that I can sooner enter the room again mm -hmm. and be comfortable with my partner and be okay. Hmm. So that's okay. why in, in this style, we look at withdrawing as it actually is a very effective connection strategy. It's when we're in distress or fighting, it's so scary, so overwhelming. I can't be in relationship with you because it's such a threat. I'm going to withdraw to manage that distress so I can stay safe and stay in the relationship. So I have a question go, though. Think of that question. Cause I want to, <laughs> but if you could see us, both of our faces were like, don't do it. <laughs> no, no, Cause I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's gonna be a great question. I just want to bring this home to my point yes, yeah. of this idea of a genuine man who has trust, hey, we'll work it out. Yes. One thing I'd be curious about 
from my scene and my experience, knowing how withdrawers could be is if we're talking about someone who's their partner says there's issues and came to them, their response is, I really trust we'll get through it. Let's just not make a big wave. Let's, yes. we don't need to, it'll work itself out naturally. Right. That speaks to me as someone who might be withdrawing going, Ooh, we don't need to go into conflict. We're actually great the way we are. Let's mm-hmm. stay connected and positive. There's no because, issues. Yeah. At the end of the day, I love you so much. I don't want to have this distress between uh-huh. us. I don't want to feel alone from you because uh-huh. we're having an issue. I only want to stay connected to you. So I want to do this. So the strategy, what they do is say, mm, let's just let it work itself out. Mm-hmm. That may not be happening in this case, but that is a very likely and common scenario Could be. in what we're describing with someone whose natural way to try to connect is to withdraw and not engage in that conflict or distress. Mm-hmm. Oh, you had a question though about the whole withdrawal pattern and uh, the, its attachment style. It more of probably more of a comment. Well, okay, yeah, it's probably both. Um, <laughs> I would caution, and yeah. I I say this because when <laughs> I teach, I have <laughs> kids; they're adults, but whatever. I have teenagers, <laughs> emerging adults ask me, well, what about this, this, and that? Describing like one of the most unhealthy relationship dynamics I've ever heard. Yeah. And then hearing, again, cautionarily hearing, oh, mm-hmm. withdrawing is a um, connection strategy. Yeah. I could see somebody hearing this and twisting it to their yeah. benefit of like, uh-huh. no, babe, I'm withdrawing because I love you, right? Yeah. So I'm like sick, fantastical, like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, I love you so much. I don't ever want to address things because I don't want to fight. Yeah. And if we just ignore what's happening, we don't have to fight and I get to be in love with you. Then the question is, yeah. doesn't that kind of shit on the other partner who is really wanting to discuss and converse mm-hmm. and have this communication? And then I'm going to feel shut down because I am definitely not conflict avoidant. Anybody who knows me, you know, I'm not like I will mad dog you right right in the eyes. Like that doesn't bother me, but I know not everybody is as communicative as Mm -hmm. I am or desirous of that much communication. So I think the frustration then would become if this, if I were the girl writing this question in, why does he get his way? Yeah. Right. It's almost like, okay, if I don't get to talk about it, then we just acquiesce to it's just going to work itself out, which is pretty common when we think of some heteronormative relationships that the masculine is sometimes, again, the leading energy, like what he says goes kind of a thing. And it's like, you can only get so far with any gender partner who doesn't Uh want to work something out and the other one does right I don't want to constantly chase you if we're in a relationship if you withdraw I'm like I can see because I'm a therapist too I'd be like yeah "Yeah, this isn't gonna work out I need some I need to be pursuer pursuer like we need to be coming (laughs) at each other communicating of course a tired pursuer can become a withdrawer right it's like I'm so sick of reaching out to you and trying to make this work hands off you can approach me and the withdrawer is like wait a minute that's my job like "Mm." and they kind of lean in I give that example in my sessions like they lean in to be like this is curious like I'm gonna pursue you because I don't know why you're withdrawing and that's part of the cycle. But my question and comment would be that can kind of be risky to normalize if we don't have a deeper understanding. Again, knowing as therapists, yeah. like people could use that as like a weapon essentially. And then the question is for somebody who does practice EFT, how do you normalize that for the partner who still wants to resolve these issues like our listeners asking? Yeah, well, I'll take the tangent and go with it. The way you normalize it is also normalizing then the other strategy for connection as you hear us talk about pursuers, where that's also an effective strategy of when, hey, there's conflict and distress in the relationship. 
And it's so threatening to have that. And I feel so alone when we don't talk about things. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pursue my partner because mm-hmm. I'm not going to feel safe or connected until this is resolved. I need that open discussion, open dialogue to feel mm-hmm. connected. So we normalize that as an also an effective strategy, but that could be just as debilitating to a relationship, just like you were saying with a sure. certain amount of burnout or a certain amount of danger, right. particularly pursuers can be very harsh, can be very judgmental or critical. In it's their how pursuit. you pursue. You're right. Exactly. So what we do, I mean, in the large mm-hmm. scheme of, of the therapy that we do is we look at, hey, are these roles useful? Mm-hmm. And we honor why they're good connection strategies, but how they're not working for the relationship. Mm-hmm. I do the example a lot of the times where I describe my heritage. I'm half Italian, half Irish. <sighs> The Italian side of my family is that kind of classic Italian, loud, boisterous pursuers. Yeah. So if you look at our Italian kitchen table, we are talking loudly. um, We are shouting our discussions. Mm -hmm. And we, if there's an issue, we are talking it out. Yes. Because the entire family does that, we click. Mm -hmm. All the Italians know we're loud. We're awesome. We're talking. It all fits well. We feel connected by doing that. Mm -hmm. Other half, Irish side of the family. Some Irish families are very loud also. I was going to say, still so Irish, loud. <laughs> yeah. My Irish family, though, is think about the good Catholic Irish family. Mm. We're around the dinner table and we don't talk about anything Ooh, because it's, it it's not appropriate to talk yes. about. Because if we talk about it, we'll fight and that's bad. So instead, we don't talk about the things so we can all stay at the kitchen table, happy and go lucky and very calm and relaxed. Again, everyone's on board in that family that way. It works out very well. There isn't conflict and we feel connected because we don't talk about it. And then you got me, I'm half and half. And as soon as those cultures collide, boom, you have one half that wants to be loud and boisterous, another Mm -hmm. half that doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah. So either way of living isn't bad. It's when they interact that there can be challenges. So to bring back to your question, how do you do this? We normalize both strategies for connection as valid. They're both Mm -hmm. awesome for connection. And then instead of looking at one person getting what they want or one person being right, one person being wrong, we go, cool, let's just acknowledge this is how your styles interact. Mm -hmm. And now that we're aware that that's what's happening, let's work together to shift both styles into a useful space, which is the withdrawer will start to engage more and the pursuer will start to soften their pursuit. And by mm-hmm. both things, more safety and connection is created. Um, and in therapy, we do it in the room. You practice right, it with me right. first so that then you can go out to your, your home and your relationship and do Real it. Real world, yeah. yeah. So that's just kind of like the, the short version of, <laughs> short maybe, uh, that's the tangent of what might be going on. And when you it's apply true. it to our question, you can start yeah. seeing where we're going with this. And I think to that end, it's also, I like, again, my interpretation of the question, there wasn't malice with it. It's genuine curiosity of like, what do I do if I want to work on something and my person doesn't want to work on it? And that's what like we, you know, touched on with this could be why functionally it's happening and you still get to decide. Like, that's my theme, I think, through most episodes, like you get to decide if that works for you, right? Mm -hmm. Just as you can't, um, I remember my therapist told me this one time when I was dealing with, uh, um, separation from an ex that it was like picking it out and I was so frustrated I'm like talking to her about it she's like but Talia like you don't get to he's right you don't get to tell him what he you know like 
what he can and can't do. You know, it was just like mm -hmm. this, this too personal of an example to obviously put on air, but the function mm -hmm. of her advice was basically yeah. like, he doesn't, you can't tell him that, but he, all, you also don't have to stay if that's mm -hmm. the dynamic. Right. So it's like figuring out, is this something that you really want to be with? And if this is what you know about the person, especially before you marry them or decided to marry them, is that something that you really want to endure if it doesn't change once you get married, right? Like, what if this is his way of dealing with problems? This, this, not my ex, but this example is like, what if this is way of his dealing with problems is like, no, like I deal with it by not dealing with it. And I think there's pretty classic avoider traits, at least that I've noticed, um, being more of the pursuer, I'm like magnetized to avoiders, mm -hmm. not intentionally, like eventually <laughs> it comes out and I'm like, and I knew it, but now yeah. it's at like a date or two. So at least that's good. <laughs> but I think to that end, it's also, is there something about that dynamic? Is there something about these issues that if they go unresolved, is it there that deeper issue? So I like that you were able to bring in, this could functionally be why this yeah. person is avoiding it. If it's genuine care, if it's genuine, yeah. like, oh, I like you so much, I don't really want to do it. Yeah. If it's the not genuine kind, I think transitioning into that now I know, right? part of the episode, if it's just like, no, I don't really want to deal with it. It's yeah. like, okay, well, we kind of have to, like, yeah. there's only so much avoiding that you can do in your life before it comes yeah. back to bite you. And it ends up, I think, leaving a lot of people with more questions than answers after relationships end of like, oh, I don't know. Like, and I, I'm uh, not apologetic for imitating somebody like that because that's in my brain how it makes sense of just like well I don't know like it just didn't work out it's like like mm. let's get some insight going let's learn why so this pattern doesn't repeat itself so you can actually explain to your partners like you eloquently said mm -hmm. earlier hey I do this thing because it makes me feel safe mm -hmm. okay I could work with that more than like nope we're just not going to deal with the issues like yeah. if you ignore them long enough they'll go away yeah. <laughs> rub some dirt in it just move on well, and, and the difference between the two is, and this might be for one or both partners to suss yeah. out, is is this a safety thing where someone is genuine, but it may not be feel safe to talk about issues? Or is this a I don't care thing? Yes. And having yes. An, an honesty there. Because if we are now in the second scenario of this I don't man care. who just, I don't really care. Yeah. And so I don't want to put any effort into the relationship. I only want to take from the relationship. Mm -hmm. Now we're into, that's a red flag. Now we're mm -hmm. into, hey, that means you don't have a partner who's willing to hear you listen or do anything mm -hmm. and just wants to, and, you know, I take it, I'm, a, I'm jumping to some conclusions, but it means they're in it just for them mm -hmm. and it aren't even willing to look at an issue because they just don't care about the relationship. Mm -hmm. In that scenario, it's first identifying that difference, like, hey, this is this person doesn't actually care about me and then we have to go into more like well can you do anything if someone's checked out um if someone doesn't care mm. i would definitely suggest you really need to be asking yourself then why would you be in a relationship if the person doesn't care about you or what you care about or what you care about and that matters now to be clear though it's really complicated because yeah. if i were to magically wave a wand and i'm the pursuer now yeah I know from my experience with couples that pursuers are going to be the people who always think the partner doesn't care when they're withdrawing. They're, I'm always going to feel right. like when I'm pursuing you and you say, oh, it'll work itself out, I'll be like, you do not care about me. Mm -hmm. So it might 
as a pursuer to me, be, I might perceive my partner doesn't care when in actuality, it is the first scenario. It really is someone who that's what they believe. They're genuine. They do care. And they think the best strategy is to just let it work itself out. And it's more of a safety thing where either that withdrawer doesn't know how to work on mm-hmm. issues with it being manageable, mm-hmm. or again, um, is, is really trying not to ruffle any feathers so that the relationship can stay on track. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just want to throw out that how complicated that can be, particularly for a pursuer to mm-hmm. understand whether or not which scenario we're dealing with. A mm-hmm. person is genuine and cares, but there's a safety thing to talk about mm-hmm. issues, or it's a person who really just does not care. But that's the point is right. it's hard. And that's where individually that pursuer and this person, the one asking the question can focus their attention and try to suss that out. Is this someone who cares or doesn't care about me? Mm-hmm. And also knowing what stories you tell yourself about mm-hmm. yourself if you pick partners consistently. Yeah. And again, I don't know this, that listener does this, but mm-hmm. just assuming that this is kind of something they may notice, just throwing yeah. it out there, it's time to do that inner work of like, okay, what is it about the partners I'm picking that yeah. they just don't care is this and I'm psychodynamic so I was like is this a childhood thing are you repeating that one of you know did maybe one of your parents not care growing up so you're now picking dating partners because they're a safer object to heal on yada yada I think there's something to that end and if we're not looking at it from a therapist lens if we're looking at it from just like two people (laughs) answering this question like randomly on the street it's like what do you do if there are issues to work on and your partner's just like I don't want to do it it's like Mm -hmm. "Mm." I'm going to have one conversation with you. And if I don't really like what the answer is going to be, depending, of course, if are you married with kids, all that stuff, but let's say they're just dating for a while Bye. like, <laughs> this is very indicative. And this is the thing that I see in my office a lot with people I work with. Well, I gave him the chance. I gave him the benefit of the doubt, blah, blah, blah. Three to four things later, there's the same pattern, right? Like when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. So if this is after a conversation and this person is like, no, this is still really important to me. And the partner's like, I don't really care. Uh Bye. As an option, as an option. I'm not saying you have to break up, but I'm far quicker to pull the trigger (laughs) because I'm like, why waste your time? If you're not married with kids, just leave, like leave and find somebody else who actually does care about your issues. If again, you've had that conversation of, nope, I genuinely just don't care. Like, I don't care to work it out. I don't really want to talk about it. This isn't important to me. I recognize it's important to you, yet that's still not making me budge. Mm, Time to maybe do some some internal work and decide, is this somebody I want to be with for the rest of my life, right? Do I want to raise kids with somebody who doesn't see eye to eye on issues? Maybe, maybe not. Everybody's personal choice. Yeah. And, and you're describing individually each partner having a space mm-hmm. and understanding their values, mm-hmm. their boundaries, mm-hmm. their needs, and being very clear. Yes. Yes. And being able to say, hey, this, this, this is me and this is what I'm looking right. for in a relationship. And while it can be scary, still having the courage to go, all right, I need to maybe honor that I've learned this partner isn't someone that has the same values or needs or or isn't respecting my boundaries of being in relationship with me. Mm-hmm. And then that translates into when you bring that to the relationship, I will say from an expert perspective, a template for a healthy relationship are partners who will hear each other's needs mm-hmm. and put their genuine best effort to listen and yes. meet those needs. It Absolutely. doesn't mean we can inherently meet the needs or there isn't conflict or discussion or to it, but yeah. 
in a for a template of a healthy relationship you really want to be looking at partners who are going to work together Mm -hmm. and hash out okay you need this here's what I need how do we do this together let's do this and try Mm -hmm. to figure it out and if you do that as a team a lot of the time you're gonna be able to do that within your relationship if mm-hmm. you're struggling with that, that's where, you know, me and Talia come in and mm-hmm. we can support you in getting those needs met and figuring that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. It's, it's the big red flag though. If we go back to talking about needs with each other and then I, like, I just don't care and they're out. It's like, okay, that that's where you're starting to look into some toxicity and relational dynamics. Mm-hmm. And if, yeah, I don't, there's plenty of needs that my partners have <laughs> had that I'm like, nope not gonna happen like that's not for me you can get your need met that's fine if you like watching sports all day I'm not talking about anything weird but like yeah it's <laughs> never been my desire I am I think it's a personal view yeah. that is a waste of time to sit there on a Sunday especially if it's a nice day outside and watch other people be active it's mm-hmm. never been my thing I don't like it I know a lot of guys like sports so it's hard for me to find a dating partner mm-hmm. who is an exception to that rule so to speak mm-hmm. but that's something I could converse with and be like mm-hmm. hey I get that that's important for you mm-hmm. however the expectation then is not for me to be joining you on those days. Okay. I will be doing something with my people. What okay. I want to do, you're more than welcome to join if you want to, but right. It's like discussing the needs of like, Oh, I need a girlfriend who really wants to watch by like, that's not me. And I'm okay. not going to lie and be like, Oh yeah, that's totally going to be me. So to this end with the listener question, if these are issues where it's like core issues, these are your core needs and you really want these met and this person is not even willing to you know kind of hear it out or just like let it happen naturally it's something to consider how high are these needs are they actually wants Mm -hmm. it's a little bit of that as well because not every never there will never be and I shy away often from using extremes but I don't think there will ever be a relationship where one person meets every single need you ever have Mm -hmm. because that's not healthy mm-hmm. nor should your partner meet every single need you ever have because you should meet some of them yourself and then there's yeah. social needs and relational needs and alone time needs like you know my partner it's like I want to be alone together like I can be we can we just be alone next to each other like <laughs> I have a higher threshold for intimacy and closeness because quality time is one of my love languages also but I can understand if that's not a need that my partner has. And that's a time to make that decision, right? Mm-hmm. Like, let's say their issue is they're not spending enough time together. And again, I don't know this listener, but go with it on that. And it's like, I really want to spend more time with you. Uh, we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. If I'm the partner who wants to spend more time with you and you tell me we'll figure it out. No, yeah. <laughs> you are going to be planning dates. You're going to tell me when we're going to be hanging out. And <laughs> when you do that, I will back off. Right. Yeah. Like if I knew we had every one thing, every Friday night, I wouldn't really push for more I'd ask for more but I'd be like even if he says no it doesn't matter because we're seeing each other on Friday then I would withdraw healthily mm-hmm. because I've had my need met mm-hmm. and then potentially you'd be curious to be like oh now that I have more space I actually do want to spend more time with her okay mm-hmm. right that's kind of the flow of it so there's also yeah. a way maybe to bring up these issues if yeah. the listener is curious like how you approach bringing up the issues using a gentle this is where Gottman comes in using Uh a gentle startup Uh I statements how do you feel what is the behavior not the person Uh right when I experience blank behavior when I experience Uh isolation when I experience the person I'm dating withdraw Uh I freak out and I feel anxious and you know it makes me want to do you know, it makes me want to really talk to you and, and pursue you, but I know that you've asked for space, right? So it's it's all about how you describe it that maybe mm-hmm. would cue your partner in to want to listen to it or to work mm-hmm. through it because maybe you're voicing it too passively that they don't think it's a big deal because mm-hmm. 
you're not saying it's a big deal to you. Like, oh yeah, you know, it'd be like cool if we could do this, but like totally no worries if not. And then your partner's like, yeah, we'll see if it happens. And then you're you're as pissed as if you were like, no, this is really important to me. Mm -hmm. Like I want to play, you know, shed some light on that too. It's like how you ask, how are you bringing up those issues literally like um, conversationally? And then are you really saying how important that they are or are you downplaying them? And so your partner's response is, because they don't think it's a big deal because you yeah. might be downplaying it too. Yeah. So yeah. Are you being overly passive on yes. the flip side? We've kind of hit. Are you being directly, overly aggressive? Overly aggressive, yeah. which is what could for someone genuine as a withdrawer really s- signal the, Ooh, this isn't safe. So mm-hmm. uh, it'll ha- we'll, it'll work itself out. We're fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's something to kind of actually answer the question. What should we do if you want to mm-hmm. work on issues? Um, that's some things you can do individually. I know it's not a, mm-hmm. we do, but that's an individual thing. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, to move on to that, some actionable stuff uh, at yeah. the end of this episode, including that and in, in seeing how do you approach for the listener, this question, are you being overly passive or being overly aggressive? And how might you either be more clear in your communication or softer with a gentle startup in your communication about the issue? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also want to go back to, you know, do some discussion over, is this a safety or caring issue? Right. And if you're struggling to find that very complicated answer, that's where, you know, you can take this to your therapist or consider couples therapy. And I did want to hit on that about, because yes. I wanted to say this other part to the question, like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, is there's also this part of, hey, if there's one person who wants to do work in a relationship, another person doesn't, yes, I'm a couples therapy specialist, and I do work with individuals who want to do the work, but their partners yeah. aren't on board. So there's a lot you can get done by gaining insight, going to therapy, understanding mm-hmm. yourself. And maybe you do come to realization, oh, I am this pursuer. So I'm overly aggressive or I'm overly yeah. passive or, oh, I thought he didn't care, but actually it's a safety thing. And therapy can help you understand that for yourself. Yeah. So you can go back to the relationship, super, super confident, feeling good, clear, and it's not as, as stressful for you. You're so um, positive. I just love your perspective. Because <laughs> I'd be like, fuck you, we're working through this. And if you don't want to talk, goodbye. Like, <laughs> I am very understanding, though. I'm, I'm very passionate about communication, but I won't do the whole yelling protest. Like, that's definitely yeah. not my style. It's like, this is exactly what's bothering me. We have probably two days before this really starts to fester. Can we sit and have a chat? And then yeah. the person's kind of like, I wish you would just yell at me. Like, <laughs> I don't like how calmly you're bringing up how big yeah. of a deal this is. I'm like, I'm not really a yeller. Like I might mm-hmm. passionately speak in a louder mm-hmm. tone, but it's not yelling. It's more like volume difference. Mm-hmm. And as an Italian, I'm sure Italian. You know. yeah. yeah. <laughs> like when we're yelling, it's normal. And when we're quiet, it's like, what's wrong? Like who died? Yeah. <laughs> so for me, it's like, it's a big adjustment and hearing mm-hmm. that, but it's true. Like giving the partner the benefit of the doubt is definitely my therapist brain. And then my mm-hmm. person brain is like, Mm, if that person doesn't care about your issues, mm-hmm. <laughs> it may be time to be like, well, this is not working out. Mm-hmm. Again, having the conversation matters because no matter what relationship you're in, practicing bringing up things that bother you is something that's going to be helpful. Friendship, relationship, family member, etc. right? Getting that practice in is something that's helpful. So for this listener, trying gentle startup, being calm, but assertive, right? Asserting your needs, stating how important they are to you, that's going to be more helpful and potentially getting those needs met or issues uh, addressed or spoken through. If you really do let your partner know, Hey, like this is a pretty big deal, not a threat of like, if you don't work on this, we're going to break up. But like, 
this really is something that I could see if we don't work on it, getting in the way of us staying together mm-hmm. with, with knowing that I've thought mm-hmm. about it. Can we talk about it? Right. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't sound like an ultimatum. It's genuine because mm-hmm. sometimes it is that way. So let your partner know. And, and that's a gift to them as well. So mm-hmm. then if you do end up breaking up with them, they at least have some sort of buy-in of like, yeah, well, she wanted to work on this stuff and I didn't really want to. So that's why we broke up. You're both leaving with the honesty of like, that's why things didn't work out. It wasn't just like, I don't know. She just went crazy one day and randomly left. Like, I can't tell you how many times <laughs> I've heard that in my office. I'm like, I don't know. She's just crazy. And I'm like, is she crazy? Or did you just not communicate with her? Oh, maybe that one. Maybe that happened. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think as we wrap up any kind of last things about mainly the question of what should we do if I want to work on our issues? And he just says, um, uh, it'll, uh, it would happen naturally. Book and, a couples therapy appointment, drag him to yeah. it. <laughs> Definitely. You know, Spouse mandated couples option. therapy. Come on. No, but seriously talking to them and saying, yeah. if you don't want to talk it out with me, yeah. why don't we talk with a neutral third party and get some help on this? Because this is really important to me. That's what I would say to answer yeah. that question directly. What should we do? Yeah. We, like if this were us, if you and I were dating and this were our problem, and aside from being therapists, I would come to you and be like, hey, babe, this is a really big deal for me. I honor that you don't want to go through it, but we do need to go through it. Okay. I'm feeling that way. Can we go see a therapist about this? And I would probably be like, I've already booked it. It's Tuesday night at six o'clock. So clear <laughs> your schedule. Yeah. I mean, I obviously absolutely agree couples therapy would be useful. That's my mm-hmm. paradigm of the world. I'm trying to think if there's, I guess the only reason why I don't want to leave it at that, even though that's my number one recommendation. Accessibility. Is, I'm just, well, no, though that's a good point. I think it's more like inherently the whole issue is like, hey, this partner thinks it'll just happen naturally. So going to couples therapy would be, not that would be exactly against what this this man is saying no well no I don't want to work on the issues it'll happen naturally and to be honest I guess that's where I kind of feel for the client's frustration of like hey there's these things coming up that I want to work on and my Mm -hmm. partner's not there Mm -hmm. so looking back on this entire episode that's why it's so important to get a clear understanding and answer the question how come why doesn't my partner want to do this and think it might happen naturally Mm -hmm. and it could be some insight into you know ourselves about our pursuing and maybe it's uh we're, we're a little hyper about it or some insight about the partner in in safety or care that that might be useful mm-hmm. i think one thing that could be interesting also that the couple could do together is when you talk you know the issues are brought up differences of how you want to deal with it or in this case not deal with it then come with a very clear articulate agreement either okay so we're not gonna I'm not gonna bring it up for this long Mm -hmm. and you're saying it's gonna work itself out naturally in this time Mm -hmm. if that's stomachable I don't know the issue you know for some things that could be cool in a month we're fine another thing can be like hey um well it's gonna take five years to work out oh that may not be appropriate (laughs) but maybe go cool let's try it your way I'm Mm -hmm. down and genuinely give it a go and see if that works I'm going to guess it doesn't because we're coming from this perspective that as again, as couples therapists, we know honest communication, openness, mm-hmm. connection, that is what helps issues get resolved. You need to talk about your problems. Yeah, Sorry, you but you do. Like, 
it I'm doesn't work saying, itself out naturally ever. Yeah. Have, have you ever been in a personal relationship, not to be personal, but have you oh. ever been in a relationship where you've just let issues go unaddressed and they've actually resolved themselves? No, no. I will say I can, I can imagine a scenario with more details where yeah. one, where the person who has this perception of an issue is really worried about it and yes. anxiety and really the, the partner doesn't want to talk about it. They're like, Hey, look, this is just a temporary stress. It will go away. We're fine. Let me just, then yes. So that could be, but that's really an outlier. But if it's a core issue, yeah, let's just ignore it till it resolves. That just said no one ever like, no. And I've had couples and I'll end on, on this as my final note. I've had couples where their homework is a paradoxical intervention of you will not bring it up then. And I swear to God, every time, more often than not, it's at the month mark and the other partner who's complaining and asking the other partner to stop bringing it up is the one who ends up bringing it up. It's like, they can't get enough of it that they're like, and then I got drunk and I brought it up. Or then I went home and we were at a party and somebody else was mentioning that that happened to them. And I just, and I'm like, dude, you can't, or chick, you can't be saying, don't do this. And then you end up having it be brought up. And I'm like, and like clearly then it needs to be brought up if one of you is bringing it up even after i am a professional telling you that's a homework don't then we know that it's a pressing issue so that's what i would say is mm-hmm. talk about it what can you do if you like what can we do if we want to work through that talk about it more and if the partner doesn't want to talk about it then make your own decision mm-hmm. as best you can and that's what i will leave it at yeah Good question. And naturally it's complicated when you get into all the specifics, be very mm-hmm. curious to hear. That's why I love what we do in our mm-hmm. office is getting all the details of the actual yes. situation, but hopefully that was useful to um, who wrote it in as well as to all of you listening yes. and some, some mostly some themes to be considering when this situation comes up with yeah. some ideas of where to go and how to, how to navigate this issue. Mm-hmm. So thanks again. Uh, if you'd like us to answer your relationship questions, go ahead, shoot us an email, Ryan and Talia at thecouplesguidepodcast.com. We would love to hear from you. Heck yeah. You can also find us on social media and Instagram mm-hmm. at the Couples Guide Podcast. Shoot us some DMs there. And thanks for listening. Episode 41. We'll catch you next time. Yay.